Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another episode of Building Success, a real estate podcast. I am Nicholas Frank, and I'll be your guide as we talk to some of the best and brightest in the world of real estate tech, operations, and financials from across the globe. This podcast would not exist without you as listeners, so if you like what you hear, we'd love to know it. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, and please leave a rating and review. All of that information lets us know how we're doing and if this content is valuable to you. Today, I'm speaking with Stuart Lee. He is an operations manager at Cube, which is now a member of the MRI software family. Today's episode discusses GDPR. I do just want to say that we don't go into any of the legalities of GDPR. Uh, We're not giving any legal advice. This really is a podcast about the kind of marketing effects and the ways that businesses are kind of having to change and adopt, not because of the regulations necessarily, uh, but, but because of the change in consumer behavior. And both Stuart and I work in marketing functions, and the way that we're doing business and contacting and communicating our clients are changing, and GDPR is just another way that we have to look at the way that we reach out to our consumers. So we hope you enjoy this episode of Building Success, and without further ado, here is Stuart Lee. So I'm here with Stuart Lee. Uh, he is a new member of the MRI software family, but was at Cube for many years before that out in London. Stuart, you want to give kind of a brief bio of yourself? Yeah, okay. Thanks, Nick. Hi, everybody. Um, I've been, or I was with Cube for around about 10 years uh, in a variety of marketing roles. Uh, first of all, looking at content, looking at uh, data, everything really, events, all, all, all the whole breadth of marketing. Um, in, the, in the last couple of years, it's been much more focused on data, much more focused on systems and marketing reporting and such like. And then six months ago, about six months ago, Cube was uh, acquired by MRI and become part of a much greater, wider company and part of a much larger marketing team. So Stuart, you are involved in data and we had this discussion a couple of days ago and decided really to record a podcast because I think there's applicability um, across not only you know marketing teams but even the real estate industry and that's that's these new GDPR regulations and we don't I don't want us to get into any of the the legal technicalities and all of that but um, I do want to kind of discuss its effect what we're looking at as marketers um, with these new GDPR regulations both here in the United States abroad internationally is obviously where it's it's most effective but let's start if you don't mind Stuart kind of just give an overview of what GDPR is. Yeah, sure. Um, so essentially it's uh, an EU law or EU regulations that are coming into force towards the end of May 2018. It's a law designed to protect the privacy of individuals and hand them back the ownership of their data. So anything, you know, that any digital presence that people have is seen to belong to them and it's given them the, the right, if you like, to own it. Now, what's particularly interesting is we're talking about personal data here, but they've decided, or the EU has decided, that personal data will include your business data. So for me, my MRI software email address belongs to me. Yeah, which is a great concept, right? And I think even, you know, this is an international regulation. Someone like me living in the United States, it doesn't affect me personally as a consumer yet, but I'd 
have to agree that it's something that if you'd ask anybody here, they believe that that's something they should have, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, this, this my data belongs to me, correctly. Now, it's, it's interesting you talk about uh, the, the reach of the regulation here. It is an EU regulation. We're obviously, uh, I'm, I'm British speaking from there, we're leaving the EU. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, um, the law is still going to be applicable. Uh, anybody that wants to trade with the EU, wants to trade with EU individuals, have the data or hold the data of EU individuals, process that data, you have to be compliant with these GDPR laws. So although it is an EU law, it's going to have a worldwide impact and a worldwide effect. Yeah, so I mean, I knew before we even started talking about it as an organization, you started hearing that this was coming up on the horizon. And I know a lot of companies, if you just work domestically here in the United States, you might not think it affects you. But as soon as you start seeing international email addresses in your database, um, start marketing to and blasting everybody that you might have in your systems, it could have a bigger effect. Absolutely. And, and that's a very practical effect of, of it. But, but I think what you'll find, Nick, is that there is going to be a, a wider change uh, in consumer behavior that's driven by this. We live in a worldwide economy and no country is going to be exempt from the impact of this. No marketplace is going to be exempt from the impact, no, no matter whether you are immediately affected in terms of holding this data in your system, or whether you're imp- impacted over the medium and longer term by the change in consumer behaviour yeah. that this law is naturally going to bring. So it may be that we, we talk about in the US that uh, the law doesn't apply to the people here, that's fine, but we're going to see throughout the world, and you know, driven by Europeans, that we're going to see changes in behavior. People are going to expect to own their data. Just because the law doesn't apply in the EU doesn't mean that change of expectation isn't going to apply to individuals. Yeah, and that's already seen here. The, you know, this whole, the big difference here really is that in the United States, we have this opt-out ability and it drives a lot of people crazy to get their inbox just spammed with all of these communications, all of these marketing materials. And, and that's coming from someone who sent out plenty of marketing materials to email addresses. Uh, but that's kind of shifting that mindset now to an opt-in Absolutely. framework, right? Which, from a consumer standpoint, makes a lot of sense. Now, from our side as, as business people and marketers, that creates a change in the way that we want to market to people. Well, I, I think it. Um, our very first reaction when we heard about this, you know, months if not years ago, that, that it was in the pipeline, was one of absolute white-eyed fear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do? We're going to have no data. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have nobody to email to. And these years and years of practice that we've that we've been doing, you know, this, this constant email, and, and we've had a lot of success off of email marketing. We've we found yeah. it's a great way to, to do business, to highlight things. We were really concerned that that was going to end. Yeah. Um, and that we, we were just going to be left with, with no choice. Now, that's, that's obviously not going to be the case. And when you think about it, when you send an email, the people that open it and the people that respond to it and the people that buy off the back of it, they're the people that are going to want to have received it anyway. Yeah. And those people are still going to want to receive your emails. And what's interesting about that is the ability to opt in. For somebody to say, I want this communication or I want this type of communication is now going to assist us, assist other marketers in helping to target their communications, right? So now we have the ability to say, all of these people want this type of communication, maybe this type of product or this service, 
that now instead of us trying to guess with this large database of people who knows how those emails originally came into our grasp, we now have the ability to say these people want this information and we can target all of our email communications to those people specifically. Yeah, we, we have over the years paid substantial amounts of money to get systems that tell us who's interested. Yeah. Now we know who's interested because they're in our database. So we have the, they're already past the first phase. They're already qualified at that very first stage because if they're opting into our emails, we know they want to hear about us. We know there's a chance that they're going to want to buy what we're selling. Yeah. So there's an advantage here, right? We're, we're now being able to kind of target to specific groups based on what those preferences are. What else, what else do you see kind of in the, the pipeline for marketers here with this, this change? Well, th- this is really where, where natural selection, for want of a better term, <laughs> is, is going to distinguish the good marketer from the bad marketer. Yeah. So that the bad marketer is going to sit there and think, oh my God, what am I going to do? I have nobody to email to. And they're just going to keep blasting out emails. They're, they're quite possibly going to break the law. They're not going to worry about that. They'll keep churning, they'll keep spamming, and, and so on and so forth. The good marketer is going to focus their data, and they're going to focus their messages. But more than that, they're going to focus their strategy onto inbound marketing. So the good marketer is going to get a better website. A good marketer is going to get better social media strategies. And a good marketer is going to start engaging with their customers and those that they have the permission to contact in a lot better way. Historically, you always hear the customer is always right, right? Now the customer is, is dictating what it is that we need to tell these people. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I, and I think this law has, has come about because of changes in consumer behavior. You know, five, ten years ago, the data was a concept in some ways. You know, we didn't really we, we had email addresses. We didn't have the mobile. You know, so mm-hmm. you went home at the end of the day and and check what little bit of email you had. Consumers they they have power in the palm of their hand. So that the the law hasn't been created to be punitive. It's not been created to restrict. It's been created to support people as they have additional power and resources to manage their, their lives. Which is interesting too because you know we're talking about the the change in behavior and a lot of that's dictated on technology. Absolutely. As you said, this power in the palm of your hand and where when initially when initially when emailing came out, you were only accessing it through your computer, right? And you would go to your computer, you would check your email maybe once a day and that would be it, and you'd walk away from it, much like you get mail at your house once a day from the post office, right? Now, with all of those emails coming directly to your phone, you're starting to get interrupted. Your daily tasks, the way that you live is being changed by your phone beeping or buzzing periodically or you know, constantly from email communications that are now synced directly with your phone. So that's, that's a whole other piece of this that plays in, is that technology is helping dictate the fact that you know, people don't want to be bothered they want to be able to live their life. They want to be able to live the life they want and not constantly be berated by companies that they may not want to do business with. And, and you're right, and this shows the synergy between the behavior and the law yeah. because the chances are the unsubscribe button would have forced this behavior mm-hmm. anyway. So this law is really just supporting what we would have done. We need to, or we need to, we are taking control of our own communications. Yeah, yeah, and we're, so we're in real estate and we, we provide a B2B service with marketing, but um, you see that this also will kind of develop and grow out for real estate companies that are working directly with consumers, whether that be residents or tenants, uh, investors, 
they're they're in the same boat as well, right? So it's interesting that you talk about technology in that way. Obviously, and, and we've seen enormous strides in technology in the real estate industry, particularly in in you know in the end user. So the change for the residential customer, for example, you know we have portals, we have apps, we have the ability to to interact with with your agent, with your owner, with whoever's letting you the, the property or owns the property. So that there's all kinds of opportunity out of there. And that kind of technology, again, is, is driving this consumer behavior. And let's talk about that for a second, because this is a law centered, you know, in part around emailing, correct? But we do have these advances in technology, these portals, places where people can log in to not only pay their bill, maybe renew a lease, but also to have a direct line of communication with a business. And so it it allows for them signing up for these these apps to to eliminate the need to have that email communication because now we're moving beyond, you know, it started with with phone calls and with letters and then it moved on to these emails and now we're talking about text communications, we're talking about portals, a lot of other places for people to sign up to get their communications with the people that matter to them and emailing becomes, you know, a back seat for some of this new technology. Yeah, and of course emailing and, and particularly broadcast emails that the, the kind that we're used to sending as marketers or yeah. we were used to sending perhaps, they had a much lower level of personalization. You know, it was a message out there and, and this technology is is replacing that and that it's creating that ability to have one to one communications with people. You know, so as you say, we, you can log onto the portal, leave a message, it's backwards and forwards, it's instant. It's there. And it, that, that's all part of that change of consumer behavior that we're seeing. And more importantly, the change of behavior, it's that change of expectation. You know, so people want that service, they want that ability, and they want that control. And part of that control is they don't want to have stuff sent to them that they don't want to read. And there's going to be a lot of people, I, and I'd figure myself included, if this got spread out to the United, the United States, who would be opting into as little as possible because I don't want to get bogged down with all this email. And so it changes and shifts the way that you do market to people, that you sell to people. It, it can become a one-to-one -one relationship. It's like buying a car. You go and you talk to a car salesman, they help you know find the car, maybe force your hand into the car that you want to purchase. <laughs> but, but they're working with you to come to that solution. With these portals, you have a direct line of communication to your property management company for exactly what, it, you, know, what you want because you don't want to get blasted with that general communication because you're an individual, you have this power, and if you want my business, you have to cater to me. So exactly what you've just said is good Good marketing is good marketing. Yeah. However we do it, good sales, good service, it's all just, it's all part of the same package. You know, what this is actually doing is it's taking away some of that impersonalization and going back to that personal relationship, which is more successful. So organizations that embrace this change that, that embrace the technology, embrace the ability to communicate with people that want to hear from them, they're gonna be more successful. Sure, sure. So you, you're talking about other companies. I'm just curious, you're, you're over and based in London and you've got your ear to the ground with a lot of this stuff that's happening. You've talked about your sentiment, your initial sentiment when this was first announced. What's, what's, what's it felt like over there with these new regulations? Besides, obviously, there's a lot of back-end work for companies to become compliant. What's the, what's the feeling over there about these regulations? There's still a lot of fear. Um, and to be fair, there's a lot of people burying their head in the sand. They don't seem to be set up for it. And I think 
come May the 26th, the day after the law goes live, I think there's going to be some test cases pretty quickly. Yeah. And so just from a from a personal standpoint, because I'm, I'm curious, have you been getting emails from companies like, you know, consumer companies that have been emailing you in the past? Are you getting those being asked to opt in right now as it, as it gets close to that, that window? Yeah. yeah. Pl- plenty of them. Now, I, I've always been quite fastidious in keeping my inbox clean. Yeah. So I'm, I'm an opt-outer. Yeah, Same sure. as you said, you Absolutely. would opt in as little as possible. Yeah. For the last however many years I've had email, I've been an opt-outer. So I haven't got too much. Yeah. And those that I'm getting, generally speaking, are the ones I want to hear from. There may be brands I'm interested in buying from, restaurants I want to go to. I, w- I want to hear from them. And this goes back to your point, too, about changing the way that we market. Not just changing emailing. Um, those that, that opt in, we have this great new way of targeting communications. But to that end, if I'm able to opt out of all the communications that I want, I will probably do so. And then, if to your point, if there's something that I'm interested in, I'm now just going to go proactively to their website to get that information, right? So now it changes to before, you know, if you were, especially in B2B, I think, you would have a website because you needed a website, but your whole goal was for them to fill out a contact form so that you could start the process because you're already blasting them with all the information and you want them to be interested, right? Now I'm proactively curious about something. I'm going to go to that website to try to get my information and maybe not filling out that form because I now know I've opted in. And I don't want that. So you got to have everything available to people as they want it because, again, they have the power now. I, I think we're going to be seeing an ever-increasing amount of a sales cycle being done before contact. Before we even know somebody is interested, Yeah, there is going to be half, probably up to three-quarters of that sales cycle. And we're only going to be able to influence the last quarter on a one-to-one basis. Yeah, That previous three quarters, or however much it's going to be, it's going to be a huge amount. That's going to have to be the information that we have out there. That's going to have to be the collateral, the written stuff, the videos, all of those things. And that's what's going to sell. That's what's, that's what's going to be successful. Yeah, and, and live chat. I can't, I can't tell you how many times, if there's a live chat feature... I'm not filling out a contact form or an email. You know, I'm not going to be asked to get emails if I know I can just go and chat and try to get the answer right away. I've done that with many like consumer products. If I have a return or a problem with something, talking to them, getting it sorted right away. I do that with my bank. I'll talk to them and chat with them so that way I don't have to call. I don't have to wait for you know hold music and everything. I've I found an easier way for me to do things. Now, I think you've hit the nail on the head there because I'm not a live chatter. Oh, really? I I can't stand live chat. And I've been on the other end of it. Yeah. And I've seen some of the people that come in and they're, some of them are a little crazy with some Mm -hmm. of the stuff they put in. But what you've really hit the nail on the head there is options. Yeah. By having a range of options, they've got live chat for you, they may have videos for me. Mm -hmm. It may be a case study for somebody else, it may just be a nice website that gives the good information for another person. That's what it's going to be. It's a range of options for everybody. Power to the people. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, but you know, it, it still means that you can put good messages out there. You can put important messages out there. And obviously where you have an existing relationship with customers, you know, that, that overrides that opt-in. You know, so in a B2B environment, you're not all of a sudden going to lose the ability to communicate with your customers. Yeah, they're not trying to shut down your business, right? And your business practices. Absolutely. 
they just are making it much more consumer first. Yeah. Right. Well, Stuart, thank you so much for joining me today. I think this was a nice productive conversation with GDPR and, uh, Specifically, I think it's a it's a lesser discussed topic. There's so much I've seen in the news about the actual regulations, what's required, but you know, not necessarily the the blowback. But there's a lot of things to be considered from yeah. specifically a marketing standpoint. Yeah, we're we're beyond that, aren't we? We're um, yeah, we there's people in every business that are going to deal with the legal concerns yeah. of this and that's fine they, they go away and do that we have to think what's next yeah you know may the 26th the day after it comes into effect what are we going to do how are we going to be different how are we still going to have a successful relationship with our customers and potential customers yeah so i appreciate you again taking the time thank you for joining me um, that will do it for this episode of building success once again and as always if you like what you hear please subscribe to us on itunes or your favorite podcast app and show us some love reviews ratings and comments are always welcome so we know that you appreciate and like what it is that we're doing and until next time we will see you later